Packers News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome back to an episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, back once again like a renegade master. Joining me, it's my partner in crime, it's Matt. It's been too long, how you doing mate? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm okay. Yeah. Um, well, I'm still here, that's still a good start. That's the main thing. <laughs> um, yeah, the show has been on hiatus, uh, purely down to me. Uh, no, I'm not going to talk about it. No, I've not been well, um, so that's the end of that. Uh, don't today... take all the blame, sir. Don't take all the blame. Part of it was for me as well. <laughs> yeah. So uh, today is uh, episode two hundred. Now, normally for these milestones, we do these sort of fairly long uh, episodes. We have various things on it, uh, but it just so happens that episode two hundred falls on this end of season. <laughs> um, so there's no real fanfare, no big hurrah, no like, wait, it's episode 200. It just kind of feels like, oof, episode 200. Oh, I'm talking about Tottenham. How? How have we done this 200 times? Yeah, it's mental, isn't it? Do you know what? It came up on my uh, when we on my Facebook memories, the first one we did. Was it 2018? Would it have been five years yeah, ago? Because it was the World Cup, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five years. It's a long time, yeah. isn't it? It is we, a long time. We was young pups back in them days. Like I say, I was in my 30s. It was yeah. like, you know, life seemed to... You know, there was so much ahead of me. And now I'm like, <laughs> in yeah. my 40s. <laughs> you are too as well, mate. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I turned 40 this year and, and been ill ever since. So I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Um, so we have got uh, a lot to talk about. So we're going to dive in. And I, I've decided because I so often... Uh, make this an error. I nearly said cocked it up, which would have been bad choice of language, wouldn't it? Just kick us off straight away. This isn't PG. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I always do this. I always kind of go through all the topics, and then we get to like the fan uh, questions, topics from fellow Tottenham fans, and I'm like, oh, we've answered that, we've answered that, and I always say, oh, we'll do that at the beginning, and I forget. Today, I wrote it with a big friggin' arrow next well to it, so I wouldn't forget. So, we're opening the show with comments, etc., from uh, fellow Tottenham fans. Now it's time for your comments from our social media. Okay, Matt, so uh, back again, back to our tradition, Instagram or Facebook? Let's go traditional and let's go Facebook first. Facebook, Facebook. We open with a comment from Matthew Fleming. Hello, Matthew. Uh, he says, good to hear from you two. Well, you've not heard from us yet, my friend. Uh, I'd love some discussion on your thoughts on squad enrichment this summer. Hooray! Hope in-jokes are still allowed. They are allowed and encouraged, sir. Uh, squad enrichment. Uh, Matt, um, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like for some time now, Possibly back to Pochettino's third season, I've said the infamous words are oh, this summer is the big one. This is the make or break one. This is, you know, you've got to do it now because if you don't make the changes, you don't make the signings, you know, we're going to go backwards. Uh, I feel like I've done that every summer since then. <laughs> um, to the point that I'm now at this summer is like squad enrichment. I'm kind of like, I don't know. 
maybe we'll get someone I, I don't know <laughs> I just I just kind of look at it and I'm like ah, nothing changes everything's going to stay the same I'm going to be going to Eric Dyer's 20 year you know is is that it, was he genuinely offered a th- new three year contract or is that just trolling from somebody okay my, my understanding is, uh, yeah let's, let's talk a little bit about Eric Dyer actually because I just named him and that was a little bit unfair so, Eric Dyer, would you agree with me? Because you go to live games, etc. Would you agree to me, up until the World Cup, his level was actually pretty good this season? Yeah, I was just calling for him to be uh, to be named in England squad. Like, why, yeah. why is Harry Maguire being picked and Eric Dyer is exactly, being picked? Yeah, yeah. And would you say, after the World Cup, it just fell off a cliff? Like, yeah. like his concentration had gone, like there was something wrong? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not just his form. Um I've mentioned this to you on the chat, and uh, it's something. Body language, I, yeah. Yeah, it's something I noticed as a as a support at the stadium. It's things that you mm. tend to sometimes miss on television, obviously because they're not just you know the cameras are focusing on the action as opposed to individual yeah, players. Yeah, yeah. But something that really sticks in my mind was the Bournemouth game, and um, I think we was I think we was losing because they. Was it, it was one of the games when we was 1-0 down, maybe not Bournemouth, because I think we went up 1-0 up against them, but it was a game recently when we was 1-0 up and we ended up losing 2-1, I think. Maybe, I can't remember. Whichever game I it was. It, I think it was 3-1. 3-1, yeah, whichever game it was. <laughs> but, at, but at the time, we was behind, and you just felt, look, we, we should be winning this game, and the players should be like, right, yeah. we're winning this. You know, this. I'm not, I'm not having this. And I remember they had a, a free kick, and obviously where I sit, behind the south stand it was a free kick in it in our direction so I could I, I was fairly close to the players yeah. and I could see like you said the body language of Eric Dyer just looked terrible you know his arm his shoulders defeated. his shoulders were slumped you, you could yeah. almost see him like his head kind of just like oh I can't do this and yeah. and I think that's the problem he's he's just so it's almost like he's defeated and it <clears> just and the word that sticks him that the word that comes to mind Whenever I think of Eric Dyer and I think of that moment, he's just downish. He's just gone stale. He's been at the club yeah. so long. Well, and, and and there's so many players. I know we're focusing on Eric Dyer. I know, sorry, you go back to it. But mm. it, there's so many players have just been allowed to go stale at this club. I um, I, I want to... Uh, Eric Dyer, as you would have seen announced, um, has had to have surgery. And um, it's kind of... Uh, I don't know, hit me is the wrong word, but it's kind of made me realise something about Eric Dyer. And, and you like you said that about his body language, etc. None of us knew that he was carrying that injury because the club never made it public and nor did he. So from the World Cup, he knew he had an injury which required him to take time off and have surgery. It was That was what it was. And he was struggling with it and having painkiller injections just to get through training and to get through games. And the reason why he did that and carried on was because we failed to sign the central defender in January. So he had to. He had to stay playing. His level was appalling. And I, I you know, I like Eric Dyer, so I hope he never has to hear this or, or reads the amount of stuff said about him. But to me, that's almost not on him now. Now we know that. Now we know how injured he was, and the fact the minute he just he basically broke down before the end of the season, and they had to arrange the surgery. He literally is possibly 
balls the rest of his career because he was trying to stay on the pitch and stay active. But what the hell is the decision making there from from the club? from the medical department. Do you, do you see my point in this? It's like, what are you thinking? So, so you saying that because there was no other centre-backs to play, that's why he had to carry on. Yeah. But when, I'm, I'm not trying to suggest this is a good, um, a good alternative, but you've got, you've had Sanchez on the bench and I think that's the problem, isn't it? Because you're probably, they're probably looking at, maybe not the manager, maybe from Levy's mm. point of view, that look, I've spent what, 45 million on him yeah. You've got him. I've, I've spent forty-five million. There you go. Like, why, why, why are you looking for someone else yeah. and not looking at the Sanchez has got about as much confidence? Well, I, I think, yeah, I think this is where the massive disconnect is in the yeah. club, which is you've got a a clear. You know, it's going to sound stupid, but what what you just said then is perfectly logical, isn't it? Yeah. If yeah, you think it, about you it think from that so. point of view, purely logical, you go. I spent a load of money on a central defender who sat there. He's fit. Why aren't you playing him? Mm. I'm, I'm not buying you another one when he sat there. That, that that makes sense. But then anyone who understands football can tell you two, maybe three seasons ago, for whatever reason it is, Sanchez isn't going to do it in the Premier League. No. Pochettino realised it and would only play him in a three. Remember? Like he realised it. It was like, okay, you've come in. You only work when you've got Jan and Toby because your pace gets them to out of trouble playing a high line. But that's it. You're you're not there. You're not on their level. Would he have got to their level with time and under the right coaching? Possibly. And the fact that he's gone from uh, uh, playing a three to a two to Pochettino to Jose from Jose to Nuno. To Conte, um, you know, yeah, that's not going away. Um, so, I, I don't know, it's so difficult, but like you said about stale, Davinson Sanchez three seasons ago should have been sold, and the club should have accepted, look, we paid this much for him, it hasn't worked, we need to take what we can get, and we need to better scout a player that is suitable for this league is an option because even if you looked at it and went, well, we got two centre-backs we're happy with and we're basically looking for a squad player, there are a lot of solid Premier League-level defenders who could have been signed for the money you could have sold Sanchez for. Now, none of them are big names or marquee players that the fans are going to go out, rush out and buy the shirts, but they are players that could come in and fulfil a squad role better because they can come in and out of the side and perform a job in the Premier League. Sanchez can. No, of we, course. We've seen it time and time again. When he comes in, mm. I mean, the worst thing for me ever is seeing a pumped-up long ball when I know Sanchez is back there. Yeah. The guy just can't deal with it. When the ball bounces, it's like he loses his mind. Yeah. It's, it's, the, the ability is there. It's, it's just this kind of... Um, it's conf- yeah. His confidence is shot, isn't it? It just... Look, it's destroyed. And, and I, and I, it is destroyed. And, and I... And I and again, I know I mentioned it at the beginning of the show about, you know, we're in, both in our 40s now and I maybe I look at players now and I look at them almost as my kid... Like, you know, I could look at them as my mm. kids, you know? And yeah. I look at Sanchez and I just think... I didn't. I wasn't angry with him. I felt sorry for him. Like you know, yeah. when, you, when you've got like yeah, yeah. thousands of players, oh sorry, thousands of fans booing him, 
No, I get it, right? Like, there'll be, there'll be yeah, people going, I, I'm entitled to, I'm entitled to, I pay my money, I'm entitled to, to Boone. But I, for me personally, all I wanted to do was just go over there and give him a hug and say, mate, look, yeah. you're in the wrong place. Like, you're in the wrong place. That's what it is. Yeah. It's not you. You shouldn't be here, mate. No, you know, you should no, have been sold. And, that, and the fans booing him, yeah. I felt was misdirected. Yes. But... It, it, it was misdirected rage, and I think everyone in the cold light of day would say that as well. It's like, actually, yeah, it's not. He made the errors. Everyone makes errors, but we're fed up of seeing it. We're fed up of our options in our squad perpetually doing the same thing, and no one ever moving on. No, it's like you you got a level you say we want to be at. Like Daniel Levy, Enoch, the board say we want to be challenging. We want to be doing this. Well, you say that, and yet. We are perpetually given players, given coaches that aren't. It just doesn't work, and and for our club, it's like it doesn't. It's like trying to ram, you know, square pegs in round holes. It mm. doesn't work. I was excited when we brought Conte in because I genuinely felt that this is a guy who's got a mentality in a modern setting and an elite coach, and he could do something. The big fear was, and me and you discussed it back then. That guy was always going to fall out with Levy. Like, every club he's ever been at, he's fallen out over ambition to sign players. The guy was at Chelsea and fell out of Roman Abramovich, who basically was money laundering the wealth of a nation <laughs> through that club to sign people. Literally. And Conte still demanded more. Yeah. How in the hell was he ever going to have a working relationship with Daniel Levy? It's just, it was impossible. But we dared to dream because, of course, last season we grabbed top four and actually played pretty good football towards the end of the season. And then the Enoch announced, okay, we're going to make some money available. And we were like, what? So we dared to dream. And, yeah, we all saw how that went. But it was kind of like the most inevitable divorce in history. It's like when you see two people get together and you look at them and you go... That ain't gonna last. And, and we, we, we all—not just me and you—I can imagine most Spurs fans had it in their mind that it's probably yeah. what's going to happen. But it's that kind of let's hope it doesn't. It's always that kind of little bit yeah. of maybe it might not Exactly. Yeah. That's what order est fecare means on the Tottenham badge, everyone. It's the hope that kills <laughs> that's you. Really, that's what it really means. Yeah. Don't Google it. People say it's to dare us to do. It. It's a lie. Yeah. Just Google it. Yeah. It's just that's just clever marketing. <laughs> it means the hope that kills you. Um, but yeah, squad enrichment. Um, uh, we could do an entire show on that where we go through the entire squad. Um, maybe in a few weeks we'll consider that. Um, right now, though, for me, I, I just can't. I, I, I think I'm so jaded with our transfer business. Uh, someone said to me yesterday, so, Sam, you, you know quite well. What, are, what do you think of all these rumours? And I said, there's two points to every transfer rumour you're reading right now. One... We don't have a head coach. We don't have a director of football. So any transfer rumour you're reading, if true, means the club, via the scouts and then the chairman, Daniel Levy, are moving on players to buy, even though they have no idea who's going to be our head coach or director of football. So we've got no idea of style of play, no idea of formation, no idea who within the squad he wants and who he doesn't. And yet we as a club are signing people. So that is either a burning indictment of how messed up our club is, or the rumours are horseshit. And 
the journalists really even haven't thought about it because if you're linking a player to Tottenham right now, who the hell at Tottenham's doing that? And I, I wrote that on Twitter, right? And I had some smart-ass reply going, uh, we have scouts and uh, they're going to be doing their job and, uh, you know, what the hell, you know, duh. Maybe this is why Enoch are running a football club and you're running a podcast. Oh, he was from America, was he? <laughs> he was. He was American. <laughs> So I replied, well, first of all, you patronising prick, um, I run several successful businesses, thank you very much. The podcast is not that successful compared to them. Secondly, your mum was good last night. And thirdly, you see, I took the high road. Yeah, of course. Um, and thirdly, not quite as high as I took with Jesus Perez via Twitter, but that's another story. Um, thirdly, I said, um, if you genuinely think that, if you genuinely think it's okay for the scouts at the club to go here's the player we like and the chairman to go yeah we'll buy him when you don't have a coach and you don't have a director of football even you're mental and maybe football isn't for you (laughs) because that is exactly the kind of thing that happens that has caused us no end of problems you we have got a squad right now which is a hodgepodge of failed managers' dreams. It is a mess. Yeah, do you know what? Do you know what, Sam? It's it's not even. Um, there, by the way, I will say there is a third option that uh, secretly yeah. we're going to be employing Nagelsmann, and he's just behind the scenes telling them which players to buy at the moment. That, that, oh, that bless you, Matt. <laughs> That's really nice. I like that. <laughs> there you Thank go. You. <laughs> but the, but mentioning buying players, you know, that the, the managers not asking for to fit into their system. Yeah. I would argue that we we have bought players recently under Conte that he didn't want, even when he was oh, a manager. Yeah. So no, um, <laughs> no, don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, what, what what my point is on that is you need to know what direction the club's going in. Like so, under Conte, he plays wing backs. Conte is the manager. We're going to sign wing backs, and we signed Pedro Porro for forty odd million quid. And we've signed Destiny Adugi. He's coming in, and he's a wing back. So we've got two exciting wing-backs, real attack-minded wing-backs. If the next manager we appoint doesn't play wing-backs, we have dropped nearly £60 million on two players that aren't going to fit into the next guy's, next guy's vision. This is my point. You need to have a director of football who says Tottenham will be playing 4-2-3-1. Mm. They're going to be playing attacking football. And any coach I appoint will arrive knowing that and will be part of that. We are not going to appoint another one of these win-now, Jose-style, Conte-style coaches who arrives, tears it all up, says, no, this is my blueprint, this is how I play, and adapt the whole bloody club to them. We're not going to do it anymore. And that's what should happen. Yeah. You look at the teams that have been really successful from nowhere over the last so many years, Brighton and Brentford are two examples of two clubs that basically set themselves a style of football, how we're going to play, and then they sign people to fit that, and they appoint coaches to fit that. It doesn't matter. You can sign the five best players out of Brighton, take their manager, and they just kept rolling forward because of the model they've got. Now, I'm not saying that model suits Tottenham, and I'm not saying that... Yeah, anything like that. what I'm saying is you have to have a direction if you've got a clear identity as a club which Tottenham always had we always knew you know Tottenham yeah we might not win trophies every season but god we play good football 
you know, Tottenham's a good side to watch. And it just got evaporated. And we all kind of sold our soul a little bit with, okay, we're going to accept it if we win stuff. We're kind of going to go, all right, we need to get this monkey off our back. If Jose playing this negative counter crap can get us over the line and then maybe we can build from that. Maybe the confidence of just getting finally a trophy in the cabinet. No. Okay, Conte, all right, fine. We saw, we've seen it, we've seen it in bits. The football can be good. So if he just gets the players he needs in the, in you know, where, and no, it just didn't work. Mm. So the club needs to go, all right, fine. Let's, let's reset. Let's sort this crap out. Let's get us back to what we're good at. Let's get back to being Tottenham Hotspur, playing the Tottenham way and build from there. And you need to sign players to fit with that. But you also need to have a coach that fits with that and a director of football who believes in it. Fabio Paratici came in and Tottenham apparently had a list of managers who were on that basis. And he went, no, 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 you can't do that. We need to play a more, you know, we're in Europe, you need to play a more strategic style. And we all know how that ended up. Well, he's gone now, isn't he? We don't talk about no, no, no. Oh, yeah, that was Paratici. Um... So They're both gone now, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, well, so-so. Um, Tom Perk says, Great to have you back. Hope you and your families are well. I ask, is it feasible to have Ryan Mason get the job permanently? I've got him at 40-1. to 1. Um, I love Ryan Mason. And Ryan Mason loves me. Now, um, Mason loves the club. He has done a brilliant job steadying things. I think to ask him to try and then lead the club forward is almost unfair on him, personally. And this is me. The, the club is such a bad place right now. I almost want Ryan to go, thank you very much. I've loved it here. I'm going to go and take a job in League 1, League 2 as a manager and, you know, hone my craft <laughs> because... I just think, uh, I don't think the job's too big for him. And in fact, I'd rather he got it than we appointed, you know, Nuno 2.0. I'm not playing it again. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I, I feel like it would wreck him. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, it's such a poison chalice today. It needs someone who's got more experience to come in and try and sort it out. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it needs... It needs um... Uh, you're right, a manager that's kind of... Uh, I mean, yeah, at some point, Mason, I think, could or be a great coach at Spurs, but just this isn't yeah. the time. This isn't the time for it. You're right. Uh, Stefan Cruz Alvarez, also known as the git who stole our funder for Amazon, uh, says, Today reports Levy will block any premiership side from buying Kane, so he must go abroad. We all know Kane wants the record. So... It'll probably take more than one season. He's only got one season left on his contract. If Kane wants to leave, surely it's better to get a decent fee than lose him for nothing. I have a pretty strong opinion on that, but Matt, we'll start with you. What do you think? Um, I, I just, I think with Kane now, I'm at the point where I feel like he just, just have this last season with us and then just go, mate, earn a, earn a ton of money somewhere and win a few trophies in your last few years of your career. That's what I think you should um, do. As in, as in. Play out the next season. Yeah, just do it. We never paid anything for him, did we? So we're not losing yeah. any fee, any money fee wise. And 
you're right. He's probably he's going to probably want to stay in England. He probably will end up at Man City. I can't I can't imagine him going to any of our London rivals. I can't imagine. <laughs> no, I, 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 I just can't. That? Who's to say that about an Argentinian coach? Yeah, like? I just I feel like I feel like Kane's more. He's, his family, he's more his family spurs, are living in London. His family, they wouldn't have to move if he went to Chelsea. I can't see it. He'd earn triple his money, signing on fee for a free transfer. I, I just don't, I don't, I, I think he's... He'd get to work with Pochettino again. Yeah. His, you know, his mentor. You really don't see that? Why do you? Yeah, yeah, I see I it don't, horrifically. I don't. No, I don't. I but don't. then again, I grew up where I was so badly burned, where a kid came through our academy as a fan, became captain, and then walked to Arsenal. So... I don't, I can't not think that about anyone. And Pochettino, I genuinely believe, loved us. And now he's at Chelsea. So, again, I, I, people say to me, oh, no, he'd never do that. Uh, I, I don't know. No, I can't say. I, I, can't, I can't say, no, he wouldn't. Because where did our greatest goal scorer of all time before Kane took over go after Tottenham? Uh, was it West Ham, wasn't it? Chelsea. Chelsea, of course it was. Yeah, he came from West Ham to us, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know what the rivalry was like back in them days. I just feel like nowadays, I mean, growing up, even thinking of my lifetime, I, I didn't see Chelsea as much as rivals as I do now. Like yeah. now, like to the point now, and I think I mentioned this in the, in our chat that I almost would feel better about Pochettino having become the new Arsenal manager that's how much well, I just I think, can't stand I Chelsea I think the big difference is we are rivals of Arsenal geographically they moved into our patch it is our North London neighbours they are our rivals that's that's how that works Chelsea or another London team there's lots of London teams and a lot of them have sort of banter with each other etc and give each other crap Chelsea's fans are awful the number of Nazi, um, anti-Semitic stuff I get sent on Twitter is horrific. And it's all Chelsea fans, all of them. And at the ground, making hissing noises, gas chambers. That's why. That's why there is an actual hatred there. Because they're awful. They're just the worst. But that, I, I know we're going to be talking about Pochettino, aren't we? I'll wait till we talk about him because I, I, I want uh, these things yeah, to say. Only, only briefly. Yeah. Because um, I broke my beat machine. So. <laughs> uh, but no, um, to answer the question myself, um, you'd get probably 80 million for Kane this summer. It'd cost more than that to replace him. And I'd pay, <laughs> if I was the club, I'd pay that to have him for 12 months. And even if it is 12 months. Um, the, the thing is, with, like, the thing is with Kane. Like, I, I know that it's going to sound really probably what I say is going to be a, it's going to be a, just a, a rant if you like, full of contradictions. I understand that, yeah, but I just get so, um, I'm so torn with Kane because the guy is absolute world class and he scored 30 goals and without those 30 goals, and I know you had you mentioned that argument of like you know you take yeah. Kane out the pit out of the team. 30 goals down this season, right? I get that. So I understand that. He's world-class. I get that. I understand that. Every team wants him in their club. I'm not going to deny that. But what I will say is that, on the other hand, if, for example, I know you spouted 80 million. Say we, we sell him for 80 million 
uh, this, this this summer and, and, and we bring in a, an attack-minded uh, ma manager, say we get that Deserby from, from Brighton, for example, I doubt we will, but as an example, and then and then he brings in some young attacking forwards, like some pacey forwards, and then like you know you work with the wing backs we've got, and you, you, it's, it's that freshness. That's what I feel like. You know, we talked about Eric Dyer earlier. I feel like there's so much stalness in the in the in the team. It's so stale that it's almost like it it needs that fresh air of like just some young, fresh, like attacking, yeah. positive young players who are just gonna gonna like like Pochettino when he first signed for us the team was the squad was full of young exciting players that are buying into his his philosophy and it was yeah. it was insane to watch and and I feel like maybe we just need that now and I, and I'm not this is not me saying I don't want like you know it's, it's it's a real contradiction of what I'm saying I appreciate that yeah. but I'm just torn between one in one in a refresh and, and and do you know what uh we are, have we got in? Have, we, have you got scheduled in to talk about more? Because I, I know, obviously, what I'd love to no. talk about what happened with uh, the, you know the last game of the season, how fitting it was that that, that goal he scored. You know, it was in the 95th like, minute. Me, me and Seb just jumped up and I really screamed. Like, I was like, yes, get it! Like it really made my day. Like because it was such a fitting end. But then it made me think of the um, the, the that 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 year, 2019. Yeah. And we made it to the final. And Harry Kane wasn't involved in a lot of the games making up to the final. And he and obviously he went into the squad in the final, didn't he? And it, yeah. To replace Mora. Now, yeah. again, I'm not suggesting that, you know, it was, you know, we'd be an amazing team without him. And this we only got to Champions League final because we never had Kane in, Kane in the squad. I, I'm not saying that. But all I'm saying is that Kane, Kane isn't, isn't like you know that, that we, we we've had good times before Kane and I'm sure we'll have good times after him, and he's a world class player and would miss him. I understand that, but I don't know. I just feel like is he part of the this sense of staleness in the in the team? You, you know, I, I don't I don't know. But have we become no, such I, I a? Do know, I do know what you're trying it's really to hard say. To explain um... without wanting to sound like I'm anti, which I'm not. Like I just you know the guy is insane, and I'm just, I'm so grateful we've we've got him. Yeah. Um. I don't know. You're better articulating than me, Sam. It's, maybe. it's a very difficult thing because you can you can look at that and go, okay, it's time just to rip this up. But if you're going to rip it up, then you need to rip it up properly. And that's Kane, that's Son. These are all players that need to be sold, um, which would be incredibly sad. But perhaps it's time. Perhaps it is. Um, for me, personally, I think the team can feel new again and fresh again with the right person running it. And what I mean by that is we have had to endure negativity for a while now. Um, and when I say negativity, I mean basically people in charge who tell the press they're in essence doing us a favour by being here. Um, they are. They believe they are bigger than the club. They act that way, present themselves that way. And the brand of football we've had inflicted on us since Jose took charge and then that other idiot and then Conte has been shite. Yeah. Like, it is awful. Yeah. And that's years now. That's three, four seasons of backward-ass, dinosaur-level crap football. Mm. I genuinely believe 
and people can bookmark this and come back and slag me off for it. If we made no signings and we sold nobody, but we had a coach come in who was attack-minded and was enthusiastic, loved this club, this is an honour to be here, this is the pinnacle of my career, this squad's incredible, I'm going to get the best out of them, played a formation that was attack-minded, all of a sudden we were pressing again, all of a sudden everything, people would suddenly feel that energy again, and it would be the same players. Because I've seen it happen at team. And the thing that aggravates me is the person who did it the best I've ever seen is Pochettino. Pochettino went into Southampton when they were okay, and he converted that side into this pressing monster that gave everybody a game, gave everybody headaches, and turned players there from, oh, look, that's that guy from non league into bloody hell. He's good. Remember, like, Liverpool basically basically ripped the heart out of that squad, but none of them went on to do that well. Every player under Pochettino at Southampton looked incredible. It was because of the coaching and because of the system. When you took them out of it, to a man, they never reached that level again. You know, uh, young Shaw is the only one who stayed at the club he went to and he got slagged off for years as a waste of money. Jose said he was fat, all mm, sorts. Mm. Um, you know, Schneiderlin, best defensive midfielder anyone had ever seen in the world. Left them, done nothing. Um, they had a guy up front, Lambert. Liverpool bought him. <laughs> and then, oh yeah, he ain't that good. Mm. The coaching and the system can make average players look good and can make good players look incredible. So if you get the right guy, the right system, the right coaching that people buy into, and suddenly a squad of players that feel stale and crap can suddenly look good. So there you go. You can see. come back to me and slag me off. It'll probably be the case. Way. It'll probably be the case. <laughs> I mean, it's probably what will happen. Uh, Michael Joseph says, nice to have you back, even if it's just a one-off. Hope everyone's well. I'm sure we'll discuss most of the topics. I'm just curious if you guys think the business needed to be done will be taken care of before the summer training. No. <laughs> Not even, no. <laughs> Mark Evans says, thank God that's over. Libby can concentrate on Beyonce now. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. I just, I, I do get, I do get a bit fed up of, like they said, things stick to beat us with, isn't it? The fact that, you know, we're just trying to, uh, they cut, they're, they're making revenue from other, other, uh, avenues you know yeah, I, I just yeah. think why not you know I don't I get it people want to use it to stick to beat us with then do that you know but uh, if, we, if we were playing well no one would care no yeah. uh, so over to Instagram Matthew Folzer says hey guys thank god that's over given the optimism of how we ended last season and the high expectations going into this one is this one of the worst league campaigns you've seen not in terms of league position but the performance we've had to endure week in and week out and the toxicity around the club Anyway, love the pod and hope you have a great summer break. And if anything, just remember Arsenal bottled the league. Coys Daniel. <laughs> yeah, that's a saving grace, that is, that Arsenal lost bottled the league. That would Thank just be God. God, that would have been hell. Yeah, I, I, I have sacrificed all sorts of beasts to all my gods to make sure that happened. I found every genie I could. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that could have been hell. Um, the Johnny Stark, I've not heard from you for ages, sir. I hope you're well. Uh, says, outside of Kane, who are the best, worst, and most improved players of the season? Um, 
Best player away from Kane for me was, before we got injured, Benzincourt. We've missed him, haven't um, we? Yeah, big time. Um, the worst? Oh, that's like a 10-way tie. I don't know. Uh, most improved? I'd say Emerson Royale. Um, that guy at the start of the season, I was begging us to sell. Now, he's, he's, he's a good option. <laughs> he's doing all right. That million pound he invested seems to have been finally paying off. Yeah, big time, yeah. <laughs> um, we now have one from Rock... Oh, hang on. You've got your own thing. Hang on. It's time for a question from Rock Me Amadeus. Yeah, there you go. Um, he, has, uh, he wants to know... Who do we think was our player of the year and who do we think was the signing of the year and what do we think was the goal of the year? Player of the year was Harry Kane. Surely we can both just yeah, agree on that. You can't one. argue with that. Yeah. Signing of the year. Um, Seems so long ago, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, controversially, I'm going to give that to Ben Foster. Forster, sorry, Forster and goal. Fraser, 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 yeah. Forster. I don't know why I said that. Do you know why? It's because I was watching a stupid frigging interview with him before <laughs> I did this. Uh, yeah, Fraser Forster because he's come in and has done okay um, and has been a decent backup. I think everyone else we signed, we had an idea and an expectation. None of them have hit it. <laughs> you know, you know, with Fraser Forster, um, it's funny because he's highlighted. And, and again, I, oh God, I really wanted to come onto this podcast and not be negative, but I'm going to be yeah. here. He's highlighted how awful uh, Larice is at distribution. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because yeah. In, you know, you know what? Uh, I will always say Larice is probably top five still top shot stoppers in in the world. Like you know, yeah. really one of the most amazing shot. But his distribution is like Stevie Wonder. Yeah, completely. And do you know? Do you know what? Um, What's the recent game he was at? I think every single game we've been to recently, it's been defeat. Maybe the Bournemouth one, but um, he his distribution Forster. Maybe it's because I'm so used to it being so shocking. Mm. He's like, wow, look, he just picked out yeah. Kane. He just picked yeah. out the Sun. Like, how did he do that? Yeah, look at that. But look, that's look, just what he, goalkeepers our do. Our goalkeeper had the ball, <laughs> and then another player on our team has the ball. How does this happen? This <laughs> exactly. is weird. I didn't think that was allowed. I thought that was we get the ball, we give it back to you. That's how it works. <laughs> Yeah. And also, um, you know, when the, when the two centre backs drop back, and you're like, oh, and when yeah. it used to be Larry, she's like, just please kick it, please don't pass just, to one just, of these two, just, just kick it into the fucking stand, yeah, just, just away, give us a chance, yeah. But with when Forster's in goal, you're like, kind of, yeah, I'm comfortable yeah, with right. you passing yeah, to one of those two. At least, That's, yeah, <laughs> go on, it'd be a laugh if nothing else. Yeah. Um, our, um, goal of the season, goal, by the way, yeah. it's got for me. It's yeah. got to be, it's got to be Lucas Moore's. That just was fantastic. It was. Completely yeah. and utterly Emotion involved stars. as well. Well, it was Ricky Villiers-esque as well, wasn't Mate, it? It was the 95th minute as yeah. well. He's insane. I was just like, please, like please, 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 Yeah, I just, honestly, it was... It, sometimes you, you think this has to have been written in the stars because yeah. for, for them to score a Ricky Villiers goal last minute of his last... like, And you can see what it meant to him. I don't know if you've seen that little montage that the club have put yeah, together, yeah. a minute and a half, and he's crying his eyes out at the end, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. Perfect. It did mean a lot to him. Um, but that's everything from everyone. Thank you for getting in touch. We appreciate it. Uh, the next point, um, we've touched on it a little bit already. Um, but I think we'll both just have our say on these. Sort of a bit of a monologue and then move on. Mm. First up, Antonio Conte. What I want to say is, I 
don't hate him, right? Let's just put that out there. I don't dislike him. I think the brand of football we were treated to under him this season was crap. I thought the end of last season we saw snippets of it being very good. I feel from day one, him and Nevi were never going to get on long term. But I'm going to caveat everything that happened this season with him in his personal life is horrific. He lost his best friend who he worked with for years and years and years. And that happened fast. That, that you know, he got diagnosed and died. That was so fast and horrific. He lost two other close friends in football. He was living on his own in a hotel room with his family still back in Italy. He was flying back as often as he could. He wanted to be at home. He he wanted to leave. He told the club he wasn't renewing his contract. We had known for the longest time that he was unhappy and didn't want to be there. So I blame the club for how things went with Conte. I personally feel the minute he said that, they should have gone away, found someone who was out of work, found someone who could come in and sat down with Conte, shook hands and said, well, let's end it now then. Let's, let's, let's get you back to Italy where you want to be. You're having a tough time in your personal life. Go home, shake hands. Let's part as friends before this turns sour. Because in the end, he had to force his way out. He literally had to go mental on television, so he got sacked. <laughs> yeah, which is ridiculous. That should never have. It should never have got to that point. Uh, so, Matt, your your view on Conte and you know, I agree with you. Um, there, there were so many things that weren't done properly. I mean, leaving his assistant manager in charge when he's gone. I mean, that was a ridiculous decision as well because yeah. you're basically sacking the manager, but going right here's the assistant who's going to have the same philosophy as the manager was just yeah. said let's have you inst- it's just the whole thing was ridiculous and lazy it was completely and utterly and and it is and it what makes it worse is what makes it worse is when you know we all know now and it's out there it, it's well publicized he told them months months before that he was leaving he didn't want to stay he didn't want to be there yeah is it lazy knowing that yeah, how on. can you not have a someone lined up this is what i was going to ask yeah yeah i was going to ask i'm sorry this is what i'm going to ask is it laziness or is it tight fistedness which it normally comes down to with this club Uh, um a little from column a (laughs) um uh, there's you see me and you talked about in the past that my fear about us and the lack of success is because it comes from the top down the very ownership of this club is an investment model. They don't care if we win on the football pitch. They care about our commercial aspect. Daniel Levy, therefore, is incentivized. He's the best-paid chairman in the Premier League, not because Tottenham is so successful, but because he is so successful for Enoch. The brand of Tottenham Hotspur grows year on year, regardless of our on-pitch. That's a good job mm. for them. For us as fans, it's crap. But he's doing the job he is employed to do. That's, that's the reality. But that spreads down to the entire club. As long as we're up there, as long as we're top four, top six, as long as we're there or thereabouts, it's okay. We don't need to win a trophy. It's okay. Other teams are driven to win a trophy and people are fired, sold, if they don't buy into that. At Tottenham, you're there for life if you want to be. 
You can sit on the bench earning 60 to 80 grand a week, chilling, just get paid to train, show up, live in London, live in the best life. It's relaxed. No one's going to sell me. <laughs> I'm fine. It is so stale and so just mismanaged that this is why we're in the position we're in. Now, when it comes to this and Stellini, it's just like a perfect example of mismanagement. Conte got himself to the point he got to go, the club had to get rid of him. We had an international break. You had time, you know, forget the fact you already knew, but even if he sprung that on you and it was like, oh my God, I had no idea. <laughs> We're going to have to fire that guy. We are going to have to fire that guy. Well, at least we've got a two-week international break to do it in and bring someone in. Even if you had to say, right, Ryan, we're going to promote a team of coaches around you. You've got it to the end of the season. Do you need an experienced hand to come in and help you? A la Harry Redknapp, a la Glenn Hoddle, someone like that. Because all of those people basically twerked for the club in the press, saying, yeah, we'd come and do that mm. if, if asked. But no, no, why do that? Why pay someone who could walk into the dressing room and go, Come on, lads, you're Tottenham, you're better than this. And pick everyone up when you can just carry on. You can just pretend that Conte's always been gone and carry on. Because the reality is behind the scenes, we all now know Conte wasn't engaged. The team was being run by Stellini anyway. So Conte was a figurehead that got removed and Daniel Levy thought, carry on as we are. Yeah. Just carry on. Yeah, it's all good. It wasn't all good, the narrator says. It was shocking. Um, it brings us on to Levy and the board, um, which sounds like a terrible horror story. Um, I reached fed upness with them some time ago. I think I realised when they fired Jose Mourinho the week of a cup final. I don't like Jose Mourinho. I've never really liked him. I, I've respected him. I find him funny at times. I've never liked his football. Never. But in a one-off game where you have to win, like someone's like, my house is riding on it, you can choose the manager of your team for that game. I'd still pick him. Mm. I'd still pick him for that one-off game. So the day we decided to fire him before a final was the day I realised... This club doesn't actually care under Daniel Levy and under Enoch about winning a trophy. Because they don't. Because if they did, he would have been in charge for that game. Now, if they'd lost, boom, fired, gone. If they'd won, they still could have got rid of him at the end of the season, but the club would have had a trophy. And they would have had to pay him more money, which is why... And they would have had to have paid him more money. Mm. And that's where it comes in. That's That was the minute I realised... I probably should have known sooner, but that was the kind of, holy shit, <laughs> that is the most blatant, it's the most blatant thing we've ever seen, and it's the most blatant evidence any of us can have yeah. of where their heads are. Yeah, no, of course, we, we, th th we have, there has to be a level of assumptions made with, with us, I mean, we don't know the ins and outs of what's going on, but there doesn't, no. can can you, and <laughs> I know this doesn't prove what the, the point we're trying to make uh, completely, but... Is there any other reason why they would do that? Is there? What no. would be the other? What? What? What is the where? The only other reason is if the entire squad was ready to mutiny. So it's the entire squad so fed up, 
they're going into a final and they hate the guy. The reality is they all kind of got on okay with him. Yeah. His core player. Now, don't get me wrong, he alienated and upset a lot. Yeah. But the core 11 that were picking him every week loved him. Harry Kane, that was that was when he decided he was leaving that summer when we sacked Jose. That was it. He was done. Mm. And he was like, no, take me out of here. I'm fed up with this club. I'm, I'm done. This guy's here. You he took us to a cup final and you sacked him. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, got a chance, it's like, I know, you? look, the football was crap and we had loads of stupid ass results and he had to go. But the week of a cup final, nah, that's that's when you know. And, and even Harry, who was supporting Jose, would have known it ain't working here. Yeah. And this ain't working out. But you don't fire Jose Mourinho the week of a cup final. It's ridiculous. It's like having the best horse at the Grand National getting up to the first fence and going, nah, actually, nah, don't worry about it. Nah, you lot carry on. It's fine. We're, we're good. We're, we're just going to go for a walk. It makes no sense. Mm. It makes absolutely no sense at all. Um, so Levy and the board, that was the moment that I kind of realised, well, crap. Um, when the investment was announced uh, to make more funds available to do transfers, uh, I was encouraged. I thought, okay, they've appointed Conte. Maybe maybe times are changing. And they didn't. Uh, the business was largely done by Paratici. Um and the sales didn't happen, which meant the bigger signings that Conte really wanted didn't happen. Uh, we were linked with Vardiol, Gavardiol and Bastoni, and Conte was like, give me one of them, I'll win you stuff. Uh, he got Longley on loan. Um, I don't dislike Longley. Please, please don't misinterpret that. If we kept him, I wouldn't be against it. I think he's a good option. But there are levels, and the two players I mentioned are Champions League, international level. You only had to watch Vardio in the World Cup for Croatia to realise just how bloody good that guy is. And he's like 21. Mm. He's got his peak coming, and the guy is on another level. And he was available for 70 million, I think. You yeah. wanted to join us. Yeah, you've only was, got... Was available. Yeah, there you go. And you've only got to look at, um, as much as I hate to say it, you've only got to look at Arsenal and what they did in the yeah. summer. You know, they, yeah. they, they finished outside the top four. So what did they do? They bought um, yeah. players from the Premier League, from Man City, you know, in a good... Hey, I can, I can make this worse. And I've already told you this. There's an interview floating out there with a guy called Edu, who is Arsenal's director of football, where he literally states... When they appointed Arteta and gave him time, they were following the Tottenham model with Pochettino <laughs> because they realised they'd fallen behind Tottenham. Mm. So they mirrored the model, but they made one adjustment. They signed people. Yeah. And he said it with a smile, a cocky-ass grin on his face of, and we're going to keep doing that because you don't stand still. Nope. Because we've also learnt from Tottenham what happens when you don't. You don't back the coach. I mean, it's common sense, though, Sam. I mean, look, don't get me it wrong. Ain't like, rocket science, it ain't rocket just frigging hurt <laughs> listening to that. But yeah, it's such a grin on his face. I just want to slap the bastard. <laughs> but yeah, I have a forfeit coming from my gooner mate. Oh, at last, he's got their own back on you. Oh, yeah. I've had five, six. I've had, I don't know how many years in a row. I've I've been awful. Uh, it's coming, and what makes it worse is she's just waiting. She just sends me these messages going, oh, still thinking. I'm not quite decided yet. Oh, bitch. 
She's hell. Um, <laughs> love her. She's pregnant, by the way, as well. Congratulations. Finally, she's she's had a tough time getting there as well, but yeah, oh. she's she's expecting. So there's a little Tottenham kit coming that baby's way in <laughs> October, November time. So it tells me it's not going to be worn. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be vomited on, I expect, but then everything is, so it's fine. Um, Levy in the board, I think that moment Sack and Jose got me. Um, but I think them not picking up the phone to Pochettino due to their frigging ego when he was sat there posting on social media every day. Hello, I'm here, got no job, unemployed, just chilling around the house, wearing basically Tottenham gear on a regular basis. Jesus Perez posting a picture on his Instagram with an article open on his laptop that Tottenham looking for a new manager. It wasn't subtle. They were basically saying, ring us, you friggin' idiots. We will come back. They even briefed the press that they were open to a return. And our board went, nah, we don't want to bring back Pochettino and his team. We want to find a Pochettino who someone who's like Pochettino, dun dun dun. Maybe cheaper. <laughs> yeah, probably. I, I I mean that to me like the board lost me. It's like you can you can not want Pochettino's back. I think there's a lot of fans who are like no 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 I'm done with it. All right, fine. We'll disagree on that. That's fine. We'll disagree on that. No problem. But surely every fan can look at that and go. Right, so what you're saying is you're after a coach just like that Mauricio Pochettino guy, the one that's unemployed, available now for free. That's what you want. <laughs> someone just like that. Not him, but someone just like it. Are you fucking insane? Like, there's no... I can't defend it. Like, I've tried. I try and be as balanced as possible. And what I try and do is go, okay... Let's double down on their point of view. And I've looked at it, and their point of view is, oh, that last season was tough. The last season didn't go well. His last season got us to a Champions League final. But okay, park that to one side. He still finished top four. Okay, park that to one side. The football wasn't at his best. No, it wasn't. Why was that? Because the squad was frigging stale, because you went four windows without buying anyone. You fucking idiots. <laughs> You went from White Hart Lane, where you turned it into a friggin' fortress, to Wembley, a stadium we synonymously are shit at, and yet he turned it into a home, to the new stadium, which was a massive shift again. He did all of that, whilst getting us to a Champions League final, keeping us in the top four, and you sacked him, and now years later you're going, yeah, but that last season wasn't its best, was it? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, does it? It's oh, just frustrating, anyway. really frustrating. Now, Pochettino, the new Chelsea manager. Matt, how do you feel? Yeah, gutted, really gutted. Um, yeah. I, I, you, you know, what, what, what you said uh, kind of puts it in a little perspective, I guess. But uh, like I said a little while ago, I, I, I feel like, it's almost as much of a dagger, if not worse, than if he'd have become the yeah. Arsenal manager because, I mean, he knows how how what that. Cl- oh, he knows. Yeah, and look, the biggest the biggest game, surely that he was obviously he was involved, wasn't it, with the Battle of the Bridge? That, he, yeah, he, he was. Yeah, yeah he, he, knows. he ran onto the pitch to stop Danny Rose getting sent yeah. off. He knows the hatred there, so I yeah. I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. 
He's a professional coach who's been offered a job where he doesn't have to move house and his family. Mm. I can I can sort of go, all right, in my rational, rational head, I can go, okay, okay, all right, I get it. Tottenham never called you. And by the way, he has made that known. Ozzy Ardiles has said it now on record. He was waiting for the phone call. A few journalists who are ridiculously close to him have said it on record. Tottenham never called him and it hurt him. So maybe, maybe when Chelsea called, he thought, fuck you, Daniel. I'll shove your coys, Daniel, right up your ass. I'm going to go to Chelsea. Mm. And the fans are going to blame you. You see, you see what I, I, I can tell you right now, blaming Daniel Levy, Donna Cullen, and the rest of the board for Pochettino going to Chelsea, I can do that. I'm still pissed at him. Mm. I'm still hurt. You told us you loved us. If you did, you don't go there. You, there are jobs in the Premier League that would come up quickly. There are jobs all over Europe that are going to come up. That Real Madrid job is literally sat there waiting for him. He could have... Chelsea, it should have just been a no. It should have been. And I swear, I swear that he engaged with them to force Tottenham's hands. I swear, when he initially spoke to Chelsea and it all hit the press, I swear that was him going, seriously, pick up the phone. Mm. seriously pick up the phone or I'm going there you know what I mean it's like a game of chicken maybe they lost his number <laughs> oh they didn't lose his number <laughs> they just lost their freaking minds um, but yeah I, to me it's not mutually exclusive I can hate Daniel leaving the board for putting us in that position and I can really really be done with him and I am he's dead to me now the legacy's gone yeah he did some amazing things at Tottenham and there are memories that are going to live forever, but he has tarnished it. He has spread shit on it. And I was trying to explain this to someone yesterday. It's like, when I grew up, Sol Campbell was my hero. Mm. I had a poster of Sol Campbell on my wall. He was everything. He came for the academy, supported the club, loved the club. He was captain of the first team. And we were shit. And he was the England player. He was the world-class player. And we could have sold him to AC Milan. We could have sold him to all these teams that came in for mega money. And he was like, no. I'm Tottenham. I'll be staying. And then he walked to Arsenal for fuck all. <laughs> People can't understand how I'm still so angry about that because no one understands it. I love the guy. It was it was the purest. It was like my first heartbreak in this world that day. That was it. It was like my first real. How could you do that? Mm. How how? To this day, to, I will never understand it, how you could do it. If you say, like, I just can't. It's your equivalent of, like, dating a woman and then running off with her sister. <laughs> there's no recovering from that. There's no kind of... There's no coming back years later going, yeah, I've been nailing your sister behind your back, and uh, I had a great time with her. In fact, I had a better time with her than you, but we're still cool, right? <laughs> no! Fuck off, are we cool? And Richo now has gone to Chelsea. There is no coming back now. No, there is no so. great return. There is no, which he said he wanted. Oh, in my heart, I'll be back at Tottenham one day and I'll finish the job I started. I know we hire ex-Chelsea bosses for fun, but no, no. I have no desire to have him back ever. No. And in fact, I want him to fucking crash and burn. I want it to go so badly wrong, they sack him by Christmas and I will laugh my ass off. Well, they're not known, Which, are they, for, for projects at that club, are they? No. Uh, but anyway, so that's that. Um, who's next for Tottenham? Um, 
we are fast approaching the amount of time it took us to appoint that Nuno gentleman. We don't talk about no, 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 no. Um, so who's next? Um, if you believe the press, we have been rejected by four managers already. Uh, Vincent Company, Xavi Alonso, Arne Slot, and Julian Nagelsmann. If you believe the club, we didn't like any of them anyway, and they all smell funny and look weird, and don't like them. Oh, they play football? No. Um, somewhere in between the two, there's the truth. <laughs> um, so based on when I read people over the years that are then proven to be correct, um, it would appear that we were very interested in Arn Slot, uh, but Feyenoord um, said... Uh, it's ten million for him, five million for his coaching staff to buy them out their contracts. We tried to be clever, and it backfired. Is this is me piecing this together? Okay, the director of football at Feyenoord has said the club never had an official approach for Arn from Tottenham, but I did. They came from me, and I said no. Right. Now, to me, that feels like we tried to be smart asses. Recruit the director of football first. And then who do you negotiate with for getting the coach and the coaching staff out of their contracts? Oh, yeah, the director of football. <laughs> and it backfired. Yeah. I think us approaching him and him going, get yeah, fuck, I'm firing all for life, bitch. And by the way, the amount of money you got to pay is now gone through the roof. <laughs> um, that's just me. Uh, Zabi Alonso uh, basically... I think is doing a crazy job where he is and doesn't want to leave because I think he knows it's a bit of a poison chalice. Um, Vincent Company's just got that team promoted. He ain't going to leave because they're worshipping the ground he walks on. And Julian Nagelsmann is the one that makes me want to put my head through a wall. <laughs> because there's a journalist in uh, Germany who works for Bild. And I can't pronounce his name, so I'm not going to try. However, you know, like people back Fabrizio Romano is like, oh, when he says it, it's done. Mm. That's bullshit. Yeah, he, he just gets he tags on to the... <laughs> yeah, he, he tags on. And he, and at least nowadays, he credits where it comes from, all right? This, this guy in Germany literally will only report stuff if it's fact. And the reason why you know it's fact is because he sources it with the individual. So if he hears a rumor, he goes to him and goes, right, is this true? And he gets them on record either denying it, so he can then say they lied, yeah. <laughs> or or they have to confirm it. That's what that's how he works. And in football journalism, Jesus is that rare. Okay, he has said Julian, and this is yesterday, right? So this is bang up to date. And I wrote this down because I I know you're going to want to put your head through a wall as well. <laughs> Julian Nagelsmann was baffled and confused by Tottenham letting it be known that they weren't interested in him. He had initial conversations which he felt were really positive. And he has a affinity for Tottenham and how always has. And that is true, by the way. He's made that public in the past. He he felt the initial conversations were good. However, his view was he didn't want to take any job at a club again where he felt he couldn't work with the sporting director. So he made it clear that for any conversations to have on a formal basis, he would need to know who the sporting director was. And if the club didn't have anyone in mind yet, 
he would happily recommend three names of people he would love to work with and he feels are very good in the role. Tottenham then walked away. <laughs> so, Tottenham, from their point of view, fed out to their journalists, uh, Alistair Gold, Dan Kilpatrick, people like that, Sam Mugbell, and the line from Tottenham was, we respect Julian Nagelsmann, but he's just not someone we think could work right now. And Julian Nagelsmann has now let it be known. I'm baffled by that because I thought things were good. And I just basically said, after my experience at Bayern Munich, where I really didn't get on with the director of football, I'd rather not have that again. Mm. So whoever you're going to appoint, I'd need to know I can work with them before I take the job. Mm. That is probably the one remaining big name who also is a young, hungry coach. He is desperate to prove to the whole of Europe that Bayern Munich's structure was the problem and not him. I genuinely believe he would walk in and on day one, just him being announced, would make the fans go, all right, okay, you've had your last roll of the dice, Daniel, but it was a good roll, all right? <laughs> but we've turned away from him. <laughs> Mate, I don't get it. I'm so lost. I am just like I said. I just want to put my head through a wall. I, I don't. I don't understand anymore. <laughs> so it 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 can only be. It can literally only be like what you said earlier. The fact that they just don't care what happens on the pitch as long as they as long as we sort of it's, just 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 give weird. yeah just give whoever the manager is hundred odd million. Uh, during the transfer window, get get, yeah. get them enough players just to kind of keep us there or thereabouts. Yeah. But we really don't care, you know. No. We not, don't care what style of play football they play. No, there's no it's, no interest. It's in, weird, yeah. It's weird it's it, because, so weird because... Like, it it just makes absolute perfect sense. And I and I apologise for repeating. And every time Nagelsmann comes up, I know I mention it, but the game, the Champions League game, I don't know, it's so few away games, uh, yeah, especially abroad. RB but yeah. Leipzig, wasn't it? Leipzig, yeah, honestly, they were just phenomenal. Yeah. They they were like they blew us away. Like yeah, I just remember, I remember thinking, this team is ridiculous. Like you know, yeah. are they going to just are they going to give us a break here? And yeah, that they, was yeah. the game where he in the press conference said he was a Tottenham fan as a boy. Right. All so my all mates sh- supported Arsenal, Man United, Chelsea, yeah. and I loved Tottenham. They were the mm. team. It's a real shame, <laughs> isn't it? I, it's I just mental. We, we just. I think the thing is, this is the thing. Like you know, we say the club, we say the club. It's not the club. Well, it is the club. You know, when you say yeah. the club, it's Levy and and Enoch. They're the club, I suppose. But yeah. it, it, ultimately, they're not, are they? I mean, they're not Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah. So just isn't it just like just just fuck off and just, yeah. just get 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 someone in who's got a bit of money, not the Abramovich who's going to throw it around left, right, and centre, but just someone who just. It's got this, this, this like us in mind, you, yeah. you know, because I just don't think they do. I, I honestly, I, I, I find so many times, and like, you know, I've renewed my season ticket. I don't want to give it up, but no. I, I just feel like sometimes we just get taken for just out of mugs, you know. We just there we yeah. go. Look, we just give us your one and a half thousand, whatever you are paid, you know, for your two seats, and we don't really yeah. care what you watch every game. But no. Nope. It's a real yeah, shame, it hurts. isn't it? Yeah, it, hurts. it just it just doesn't make sense, and it's just frustrating. And we we're seeing it as um, as fans. I understand that, and 
you, you know, in the course of the conversation they, that me and you have had today, I feel like my stance has softened a little bit towards Pochettino. I was they, really angry. They play, they play on our emotion and our love. Yeah. Because if you imagine you own a concert venue and you are putting on Foo Fighters and all these big bands and then all of a sudden you're putting on shite, no one's ever heard of, absolute crap, the music's garbage, you are not going to sell tickets. Yeah. You yeah. won't. It just gradually diminish. But football's unique. Football, mm. you love that club. And to give up a season ticket, and I say this to people all the time, don't criticise people for not giving up their season ticket. Never, ever, ever. It is a deeply personal thing, and it is a connection, and it is a love. And it's the people you meet when you're there, the seats that are around you. You you build relationships, camaraderie. You see the same people. You go through the same crap. You celebrate the wins. You lean on each other during the shite. <laughs> it's, it, it's a deeply personal thing, and they freaking know it. And it annoys me so much that we are in this position where we all know, all of us collectively, the only way to get change is for all of us to stand outside that stadium and not go in. Yeah, but but again, at the same yeah, time, every happen, single yeah. one of us wants Want to go, go in. in. Yeah, I mean, you have, you've only got to look at the Leeds game. I mean, we, we've been awful like a lot. I mean, yeah. we finished on 60 points, which is not, you know, top eight. I mean, a lot of... You look how much it means to Luton to be in the Premier League, oh, fans. I so I, I appreciate it from that point of view. But for, for us to have all those fans there singing, you could hear them. I watched it on telly. You could hear all the fans yeah, singing. Beautiful. And it's just that that unconditional loyalty and love towards yeah. the, towards Tottenham Hotspur, not towards Levy, not towards nope. any particular player, just as Tottenham Hotspur fans. That's what we are. We're Tottenham Hotspur fans. And, and that's why I feel like we just need to, I mean, that the freshness, maybe the freshness needs to not just only come from the, from the pitch, but from everywhere, from the, from above, just, just the whole thing needs freshness. It's gone utterly stale, the whole thing. And it just needs, a complete and utter refresh. If you look at look at, um, I mean, I, I'll, I'll give you a good example. Look at Brighton, for example. You know, because yeah. um, obviously, very recently, they're, they're they're doing really well. But in in terms of just where they've they've come from from the last twenty years, Brighton. I mean, they're they're established. They're in Europe for the first time in their history now. This for next season, but they they've got this sort of a nice stadium. And I've heard I've spoken to people who've been to away games, not necessarily Spurs fans who've been to mm. Brighton games, and they say when you go to I think I might have even mentioned this when you go to a game an away game they tailor their away game. Um, uh, catering to whoever's there. So, for example, if Newcastle or Sunderland are down or whatever, they'll have like Nuki Brown now or that in, they'll stock yeah. that, you know. So, it, it's, it's a club that's kind of like they welcome the, the away fans. You don't want to make it too comfortable for them, you know. But they've had an utter refresh, haven't they? And and yeah. they're now at the point where they've got a lovely stadium. They're in Europe. They play attacking football. They've just done it, haven't they? And, and I feel like that's yeah. what we need. We just need just a top to bottom refresh of the entire squad. It's just gone utterly stale. And uh, you mentioned that were perpetual earlier and that's what it feels like every and I'm getting so fucking bored of it now this perpetual end of season feeling of like is Kane going to go now like you know and uh, what was our next manager going to be it's just so boring I can't deal with it anymore you know I just I want to get out of this shitty fucking loop that we're having to go in every season and just start loving my club again you know I hear that man I hear that now by popular demand, there is a feature that we do sparingly nowadays, <laughs> but it's back. 
it's so sparingly I can't remember what button I loaded them. <laughs> so if I hit the wrong button, you'll all have to, have to deal with it. Welcome to Matt's Stats. It was the right button. I could have could have gone so wrong because I generally don't know what's loaded up in the other one. Uh, mate, Matt Stats, what you got? Well, um, I know you, you mentioned it at the beginning of the show, and uh, you wanted to kind of keep it on the low low key. But yeah, it's a two hundred two hundredth episode, and. I'm quite proud of that that we've we've got to 200 episodes. So I, I wanted yeah. to make this a bit of a 200 themed Matt stats. Bring it on. Bring it on. Right. So there has been 17 players uh, that have made 200 plus Premier League appearances for Premier League appearances for Tottenham Hotspur. Wow. Okay. Out of those, there's five currently playing for the squad. Do you think you could name them? Hugo Lloris. He's actually top, number one, yep. Uh, Harry Kane. Yep, number two. Um, ben Davis? Ben Davis, he make he does actually make it, yeah. Uh, he's right at the bottom on 208 okay. appearances. Um, Hello, Lloris, on, by the way, 361. Harry Kane, 317. Yeah. Uh, Eric Dyer? Eric Dyer, yeah. See, this is, this is the thing, like, there's five currently that are in the yeah. top 17, and does, that maybe that tells you about that. The fact that he's actually, um, we've been around for 140 odd years. <laughs> yeah, I'm struggling a little bit. Um, it's probably going to be someone I'm going to think, oh, of course it was. Yeah, but, I know. It's going to be really obvious. Yeah, Eric um, Dyer's 270, by the way. I mean, I want to say Sonny. Sonny, yeah, 268 appearances. There you go. There we go. So, uh, what well, we got? One, two, three, four, five. So, Eric, Eric Dyer's fifth with 270. Sonny's seventh for 268 uh, wow. appearances. And the player that's 10th, and I know you have mentioned him, uh, and this is, I did warn you before the show that I'm going to get yeah. a little bit controversial here. Uh, yeah. Number 10 is Sol Campbell, which really surprised yeah. me on 255. Uh, and not I was, really, he played every game. He like he came in and decided at like, what, 17? And yeah, just stayed there. Just stayed there, yeah. Because I, I, I have it in my mind, because at the time I was just hurting, I did if you'd have asked me without looking it up, I would have said, oh, he was at Arsenal much longer than he was at Spurs. Mm. But he was at Arsenal half the time he was at Spurs, yeah. which really surprised me. Yeah. And, and I, it, might, it just got me thinking because um, back in, was it 2001 he left? I think it was 2001, uh, 2002, around about that time. Around yeah. about that time. There was no social media really, was there? There was nothing like there, was, nope. there is now. Um, and... Uh, you only kind of got your information from the newspapers, really, didn't you? That was kind of... I learned of his defection via teletext. Yeah, teletext, friend. yeah. I, I think I mentioned it before. I learned of it when I bought the, the newspaper. The newspaper that I won't mention, I've never not bought for the last 15 years. But I, I bought it and uh, saw him on the back with Arsene Wenger and it just... Oh, just a dagger in my heart, you know? And I've always... I've always had this, um, like, uh, if anyone ever says, like, like say for example, Layla, my daughter, says to me, do you hate anybody? I say, I don't hate anybody apart from Sol Campbell. And I'll always say that, yeah. But yep. it just, it, it's sort of just yesterday, like, when I, or t- today when I was looking at, looking up the stats, I, I just thought, let me, like, I, I, I'm, I'm guilty here of just looking at something on face value. And don't get me wrong, right? I, what, what you said earlier was spot on and, like, you know, what he did was bang it out of order and that. But I, I feel like, Especially with where um, where where I've been, we've been involved in. I've been involved in the Spurs news uh, 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 kind of 
what do you call it like empire there we go (laughs) for a few years and uh one thing that uh that i've always that's i'd say bothered me because i've really enjoyed being part of it like you know i've I've made friends and i've loved loved what we've done over the last few years but one thing that that's kind of always bothered me a little bit is the fact that um it just means i'm dissecting everything like especially when we do the podcast uh yeah. and like you respond to, to social media posts everything's dissected and, and i feel like i just i want to go back to um a kind of just supporting a club and not and 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 that ignorant having that ignorant bliss if you like almost you know yeah. like like years and years ago i knew that levy and enoch were the with the with the you know they were the, the club's um owners but i probably wouldn't have been able to tell you much more than that you know, yeah. I know what he looked like, and that's probably about it. And I, and I, and I think, and I thought, if how why how about if I dissect what sort of happened with Sol Campbell as if it was nowadays, because it was completely different then, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, and and funny enough, I, I I don't subscribe to the to the athletic. I don't know if you have to nowadays because it just come up on. I've managed yeah, to find it just in a quick some, Google some search. Some articles are three, but. But this, this is so. This is just very briefly. So um, it says here, towards the end of towards the end at Spurs, Campbell explained he had grown disillu- disillusioned by the regular churn of managers, the lack of philosophy and structure. Each new coach brought a different philosophy. It was a revolving door, he said. And then he, he you know, he said in contrast, the, the, everything at Arsenal looked completely different. And you know, you just think, look, I am not for one second uh, condoning what he did, and he was bang out of order going to him. Nothing fucking changes at Spurs, does it? You know mm. that—that's those couple of sentences. We could say that now, couldn't we? And yeah. you could say towards the end at Spurs, Kane explained he had grown disillusioned by the regular churn of managers, the lack of philosophy and structure. Each new coach brought a different philosophy. It was and a revolving door. Said Kane when he joins Chelsea for free. I, but that's what I'm saying, and and and, and it just—it kind of—it struck me a little bit. I'm like, do, like. I, do I? I don't know. I don't know if I do hate him. You know, I, I'm, I'm gutted. Oh yes, I fucking do. No, don't you? Don't you soften your stance no, on I, that? I bastard. don't know, man. I, I just think that this is the thing, and this is soften, soften me almost on Pochettino because you know, yesterday I was going, the guy's fucking dead to me. You know, hey, he could have gone anywhere. Yeah, no, I know. Let's, no, I know that. You I'm, know, let's 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 not let's not let him off the hook. No, I'm not. No, look, Sam, I'm not letting him off the hook. I think he's bang out of order what he did. Right, he's bang yeah. out of order. Right, and especially as he went for free. But I I think now I'm I'm and it's and I'm almost at this point with Kane now that it, the, if you're going to be like he said in the article as well that he um, he needed backing with something, and I think when he left, Enoch were taking over. They were increasing their shares, and it was it was towards the end of Sugar's tenure, and Enoch yeah. were coming in, and he needed the backing of Sugar on something, and Sugar didn't back him, and then um, then Sugar needed something him to help him with something in court, and he said, well, no, if you haven't helped me, I'm not going to help you, and then when Arsenal came in. I think it was Dean, their, their their chairman at the time. He said, "Look, come to us, mate. We'll, we'll fucking look after you. You know, we're gonna we'll, we'll make sure we've got your back." And yeah. and I think in in nature, like or, or for humans, when you've got someone that's going, "Look, I've got your back here," I, I think that make can make the world of difference. And I think he that clouded or that kind of almost over overruled his his understanding of going to our, our deepest, darkest rivals, you know? 
And and so I, I'm looking, and I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older, Sam, I don't know what it is, but I'm looking at people now and I'm I'm always going to be a diehard Tottenham fan. I, like, I, I, like I said, I've just renewed my season ticket. You know, I, I love the club more than anything, but they're not. Like, you know, Pochettino managed us for a few years, but he's not a diehard Tottenham fan. I know um, Sol Campbell, when he was playing for us, he played for us for a long time. But, he, you know, did he grow up as a diehard Tottenham fan? Yeah. He did? Yeah. He did, right, fair enough. He had an entire room of his house called the Tottenham Room, oh, just... which was which he then joked in an interview, well, I suppose I better rip that up now. Yeah, I don't know then. Maybe that's just... Uh, but I, I, I'm just looking at... And, and with Kane as well... I just think, mate, when you when you're at a, when you're at a club where the owners are just fucking bullshit and they just don't they don't know what they're doing and why 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 do it? Why for them personally? Why do it when you sort of hone it in on them, you know, and them their selves in their in the, from their perspective? Why why not? You know why not? Because okay. it's like if you're working for any company that like, like I, I was I was off. I don't mind saying it on the podcast. I was, uh, the reason why I couldn't do it for the last few months is because I was off sick, because I was being treated by absolute, like absolute shit by by the by the company, you know. And so I got out. I got out of it, you know. Whether it's the right decision, I, I'm hoping that it will be. Time will tell, you know. And I don't work there yeah. anymore. But I had to get out, and there was no loyalty there, you know. There was no loyalty in him because I was just getting treated like shit by him, you know. Yeah. And and look, Sam, I promise, and I don't want to get hate over this because I I don't. You know, I think the guy was bang out of order what he did, but it's almost like it's just lifted, a lifted part of the hate, and 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 it's like, I, I feel like I I oversimplified the whole thing, and 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 it's almost like it's like now I'm longing for this oversimplification nowadays, but but maybe like putting it putting the kind of where I am now when where thing gets dissected, maybe it just isn't the kind of. The, the simple thing it was, you know, and there's there's nuance to so many things, and and you, and you forget that, all right, they get paid lots of money, too much money, obscene amounts of money. These people, we're all just people. They're all just people in the day, like us, aren't they? You know, and yeah. I, I I just get so um like you, you know we spent the whole podcast was well, most of the podcast talking about how things are so shit at the club, and I think everything comes down to Enoch and Levy, everything, you know, like. It's their bad decisions making, and look, they've had they've, they've been unlucky because they've, they've put money. They have put money in, like you say, they've been throwing money in, and our top signing is Ndombele, who on paper, and is it their fault maybe that they should have put more research into the player? But he's been a terrible signing, and that's not for them investing the money in signing him, you know. So I, I understand that um, that there there are. It's not purely, you know, there are there are elements of it where they've 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 invested. But then again, like I say earlier, is it a case of them just chucking money just to keep us up that on that top half of the table? Because obviously relegation would be a would then hit their pockets, wouldn't it? If we got relegated yeah. to the championship, then it's going to affect them. But while things are just in this kind of top ten lull, it's everything just comes. Everything is just coming down to them, isn't it? And and yeah. everything, everything, the manager decisions, the players, decisions, everything, like like you've said, and we've discussed this before, the stoutness is because of them, and not just because of the fact they've not not moved players on, but because they're instilling this culture in the, in the club of this stoutness of like come to us and, you know, 
unless someone offers money that offers the amount of money that's that, that we pay for you, you ain't going anywhere. And they know that ain't going to happen. No one's going to offer forty-five million for Sanchez anymore. No one's going to offer sixty million for Dumbelli anymore, are they? They're not going to offer it. So they know, no. ah, fuck it, we're like, you know, why, why make an effort? So yeah, anyway, that was my little thing with him. And and, and look, I, I'm, I promise, it, it was like a dagger. It was back then, and I'm still. But but I've always like until I saw that. I've always thought, if I ever see that guy, I fucking hate you. Do you know? What I mean? But now, I'm like, I wouldn't mind just sitting down and having a conversation with him. What, what happened? Like, why did you want to? Like, what did you think that was such? A, why did you think that was a good idea? You know, and what reasons did you have? Like, obviously, from what I've read in that athletics um, uh, article. But were there anything else? Were any other reasons? Because look at looking at where we are now and where we are then. Nothing fucking changes, does it, Sam, with this club? <laughs> It just never no, changes, does it? The, the, um, only, the only way the only way it works, the only way it works is when you get a, a, an oligarch come in who's trying to launder money in. That's the only way that system works. <laughs> you, you look at you look at Man United when they had all their success um, under Ferguson. That was a project, wasn't it? He was there for ages. Look at Liverpool when they were just they won the league by by February, didn't they? They've they've they've, they've created this this system with. With Klopp and 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 then and then you look at uh, Man City with Pep, they they they've instilled it and it's just grown and grown, you know. And it unfortunately looks sort of looks like what Arsenal's doing, but the thing we're trying to copy Chelsea, but without Chelsea's money, which is why it's never going to work, is it? No, no, it's not, mate. Yeah. Um, uh, well, we we've reached we're, we're well over time. Yes, yeah, so sorry, we're mate. Gonna... That was like, that no, was no, a, no, the... don't 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 be sorry. Um, I uh, just want to say a thank you to everyone who continues to send messages in and for listening. Um, we will, via our social media, let you know when we'll be back. Hopefully we'll be back for next season. Uh, views on Sol Campbell aside, I think it was a good show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, massive thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, we'll be back soon. You all take care. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.